the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. You're welcome back to the Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cudahy with you until seven o'clock, and I am delighted to be joined in studio for the Thursday interview this week. Michael Carruth. Michael, you're welcome. How are you? I'm good. Everything all all good at at the moment. Good, good. Glad to hear. It's Thirty years this year. Can you believe it? Thirty years. Yes, this August. Yes, so it's, huh. uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it, again, it's just mind-boggling as well. But we're all getting old. None of us are getting any younger. Yeah. You know, so. uh, I mean, is it the type of thing you still think about on a daily basis, or is it? No, not really. It'd be kind of it'd, it'd be closer to the anniversary. Like my father used to ring me every every year prior to his passing in two thousand and eleven, and he'd ring me on the on the Pacific day, the eighth of August. He's after watching the fight again. He actually watched it in slow motion, believe it or not. And like, oh, how we done it? And uh, his his words were always the same. You won that fight. I'm telling you, you won that fight. He says, you know, and I said, I know I did. My hand went up. I said, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was one of those things. But really, the eighth of August, yeah, it kicks in really good. You know? um, where's the medal now? Medal's in my house. Yeah, you know, so it's not it's, still in the dirty sock, is it? Not in the dirty sock. I, he, that was my father again. Uh, yeah, tell uh, us that story. We were in Barcelona, obviously, and he, he, I had the medal on me, and we, we'd eventually got back to the Olympic Village after the. You can imagine the, the fracas that went on yeah. in, the, in the boxing arena in, in a place called Badalona. And um, we eventually got back to the, uh, the village and there was drinks being poured everywhere in the whole nine yards. And um, he said, give me that medal, he said to me. And I said, boy, he says, you'll only lose it. You know? yeah. And all of a sudden, we roomed together, myself and me, my father, and... Uh, all of a sudden, he proceeds to go to the towards the linen basket area where we had in the room. We had this kind of corner where we threw all our dirty, and he he gets out this smelly sock and dirty sock, and he puts my Olympic gold medal in the sock. And I go, "What are you doing?" He says, "They'll rub that medal, but they won't rub my smelly socks." He says, you know? <laughs> "And that was it." Then you know what I mean? So we. Uh, he got away with that one. Yeah, so that 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 craziness as well that that you would have experienced afterwards like it's so different now I mean yeah. given that did you have any sense of how crazy it was at home uh, not, not, nothing you know because you know I went over and I hate using this word I went over and nobody because to me everybody's a somebody and I went over and nobody I, I if you if you, to be fairly honest you know we had two good boxers there in Wayne McCullough and Paul Griffin and Paul's in my boxing club, Drimler, as well. And really, they were the two fancied ones, you know. They say, look at Carew, he could be a wild horse, you know what I mean? And, and no disrespect to the other three that were there. They were there, but, you know, possibly they weren't going to, you know, win medals or win fights even, mm. you know. But with that, um, I kind of liked that as well because I was kind of under the radar for a lot of the, the tournaments because it was all about weighing and, and weighing and weighing. And Paul got beaten in his first fight, I think, Paul Griffin and... Um, and then all of a sudden we just kind of went on a, myself and Wayne just was like he done it I had to do it he done it I had to do it and he always yeah. fought prior to to me I always fought secondly to him and uh, it was great we we boxed on the tour of tour of August which was the quarterfinal stages which happened to be my mother and father's wedding anniversary oh, the 35th wedding anniversary that day and so I gave them a, a nice present in that regard um and I won the bronze medal, and then it was it was just it was a continuations of then me and McCullough, me and McCullough, me and Wayne, and 
it was uh, unfortunately he fell at the last hurdle and yeah. I got over the I got over the fence. Did, so he fought because uh, you know uh, this uh, I was nine years old. I remember yeah. we were down in Duncannon in County Wexford watching on a little telly in the corner. Yeah. Um, so he fought that final before your final. Yeah, he boxed Casamayor from Cuba as well. So did uh, did that did I mean. I mean, had you kind of shut all of that out at this stage? We're just focusing on your match, or you know, because he had been winning and then you won. Yeah, he won, you yeah. won, he won, yeah, you won. Then suddenly he loses. Yeah. Did you kind of panic a bit? Absolutely. And <laughs> I, I, I was in the dressing room for such a long period of time because my father, being the secondary coach to Nicholas Cruz, were, were obviously in the corner with, with Wayne for the fight. And I was kind of watching it on TV. And But every, everywhere I looked, there was Cubans all over the place. You know what I mean? Because I think they had something like nine in the final. You know, when you're looking at that from 12, boxing weights is Mad. phenomenal, you know. And uh, even if it wasn't a Cuban, he looked like a Cuban, you know what I mean? So, but I just said, no, I can't stay in the dressing room. I have to get out and look at Wayne fight. And I, got, I went to this kind of, it's like a tunnel area. And to be honest, Wayne's last round was his best round, you know, because... Wayne has an engine like an absolute Rolls Royce. He just mm. he's the most fittest in boxer I've ever ever come across, and um, it was too much. To you know, he 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 didn't get the the result. He knows he lost. We all know he lost. But he, he gave what I show, what he showed me in that last round was that they are human. Yeah, that they are not. You know, they've got two arms and they got two legs, and so have I. You know, and what he showed me in that last round was they are beatable. And and that was the one thing he, he showed me in that last round, and I needed that because going in against, so I went in against um, Juan Hernandez Sierra, um, six foot three, I think. I'm five foot seven, you know, world champion, Pan American champion. The guy had won everything but the lotto, I think. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> he was one of those types. And yeah. uh, but I had a plan what way I was going to fight him. We came up with it with my father and Nicholas the night before. Mm. And I'm naturally a counterpuncher, which allows people to come to me. Mm. And I told my, my hook, and I said, nobody has a faster right hook than me, I said. And he hasn't, I know. And so, But I had to be, you know, I had to play the game right to the, yeah. you know, I had to get the tactics right. I had to be, you know, I got a public warning in the second round for absolutely nothing, you know, which <laughs> gave him, uh, I think, three sc- scores. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's... And then all of a what, sudden, what did you get that warning for? For holding, you know. So, because I was going to hold him, he's hit me, you know. What do you want me to do, you know? So, but uh, it's a part of, you know, boxing as well. But yeah. you know, I thought the referee, the referee on, on that fight was absolutely terrible to both of us, you know. Yeah. Um, because he just, he, he didn't know what he was doing. And with that, you know, I went into the first round and I, I was 4 3 ahead. And then I'm in the second round and I get the public warning. And all of a sudden you're going, oh, what's this going to do? You know, and I just said, yeah. get a few scores back before the end of the round. Get a few scores back. You know? yeah. And I did. And I went back, to, I got back to the corner and it was all, it was level. It was eight all. After me giving him three points. Yeah. Which basically mean I, I, I was punching better and I was landing more. Because it should have been eight five if that warning hadn't been mm. given to me. And then I kind of looked at him when, thankfully that the day, the, the Cameras never caught me. I kind of looked at him like this, you know, and I go, I've got you, I said, you know, and he, he kind of looked at me like a cheeky little git, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Ireland, like, inside you. So, and he played the game. He came right at me. He came at me even in the last round yeah. and picked him off, picked him off. Now, it was great because we had about two or three thousand Irish supporters in the arena at the time as well because people who were on holidays decided to come down to the Olympic Villa or yeah. to, to the, and try to get in. And, you know, I'm sure there was some skullduggery going in and getting tickets. Getting I'm sure in, there in was. Place. I'm sure there was. But even if I threw a punch and missed, they still applauded it and they still shouted, you know what I mean? So, but <laughs> yeah. not saying I missed them all, but it, it was it was that kind of, and it kept me going. 
it really kept me going because there's parts in fights you're not doing well and then, and mm. when I was the parts where I wasn't doing well all you just hear the crowd the crowd screaming for me and then we well, come on you pick it up again pick it up another gear and we, we got over the line as I said you know and then because there's no Twitter or Instagram or TikTok yeah. or anything else what's it like when you get back to Dublin well it was kind of crazy because you, you live off telephones you know what I mean yeah. and, and people are like I'm getting home I'm, I'm ringing the phone like Maybe after the fight, we we don't have to do all our press conferences and you know showers and do the whole nine yards, drug testing, everything else. And I eventually got back to the Olympic Village and decided to ring me house, you know. And it's engaged, it's engaged. You know, I know. yeah. Well, you have no idea that the half the country was ringing me mum and dad's house, you know. And and we eventually got through, and I got through to my granddad, and he, I think he was seventy seven at the time, you know. And he, he always had a thing about our name, Karut. You know, people used to call us Carol, the Carruthers, the Carrot, you know. Yeah. Could never pronounce the name. And and so one thing he always, always, always remi- reminds me of it, it was, I'm not going to get our name wrong anymore, he says, you know. Ah, that's Karut, great, isn't it? Says, you know, and I said, well, if, if anything, yeah, that, that sounds good. I said, yeah. and I got through it to me man, that me man, my sisters and my brothers. A lot of crying going on on their side, not my side. You know, and, ah, and, uh, a few tears, <laughs> little few tears, tears. maybe little tears on on the podium. Yeah, but uh, it was kind of it was unsurreal. You know what I mean? That I I was on that podium, and I, if you ever look at me on that podium, people saying you're very grumpy on that podium. He says I was I was in shock on that podium. You know, mm. and there was no. That's do you remember it? Yeah, being on the podium. Oh yeah, and oh, I do remember you? yeah. And one of the girls, one of the you know the organisers, she spoke English, and she said, "When when you see me nodding, it's your cue to walk up and stand on to." And, yeah. you know, and I'm going to looking out the window. I'm looking everywhere to see the lads, me you know my teammates. I'm yeah. looking at you know, and I wanted to see where my dad was, you know, and couldn't find him anywhere in the hall. And then did she nod her head there? No, and then she eventually nodded her head, and I got up and I yeah, uh, I I got the greatest prize ever. You know? Yeah, and and. I mean, afterwards, and if we kind of fast forward a, a, a few years after, was there ever like a crisis of identity that, Jesus, this thing that has happened to me in Barcelona is is going to be the best thing I ever do? This is, Or or rather, it's going to be the thing that defines me forever. Now, well, it's, what, what a thing to define you. Yeah, well, it's not a bad one, is yeah. it? You know, so, uh, but still, you know, sometimes people kind of struggle a little bit with with the idea that I'm never going to get that again. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm never going to get it again unless I take up shooting or something, or fencing or something like that. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I'm not disrespect to fencers or shooters in that regard, but uh, um, the, the, yeah, I will never get that moment back. There's no question about it. But uh, again, like I'm an identical triplet as well. Remember, you know, so my, my two brothers have lived through this for the last thirty years as well. You, Michael, no, and Martin, and they don't believe you. I'm William, yeah. But again, what it was. Do, do you want, I, would I make an admission now? I did that to one of your brothers. Well, there you go. I did it. <laughs> I was down in, in a, a ACM Wood Tech out in Ballymount, yeah. and he turned up, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and I was working there with my uncle, and I, I thought it was you. Yeah, but come here. <laughs> they got more free points than any other two brothers in the history of this Ireland. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't you, buy him a point. Are you Michael? Yeah, you get a point, you know what I mean? But uh, listen, yeah, it's a thing that, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to have it behind you, Michael Crude, Olympic champion, you know? Um, and now we've done so well now in the last couple of years with obviously Kelly and Katie. You know, it's a, it's time we got another boy medal now, gold medal, and Aiden done very well winning his his, his bronze medal at the last Olympics uh, as well. So it's you know we have a generation of young kids now mm. 
that are phenomenal. You know, it's our championships are on now at the moment. Our Dublin and our All Ireland championships are on as well. And when you see the talent that's still coming through, it's 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 frightening because. I'm I'm talking to Paul Griffin, who's a European champion in 1991, an Olympian with me on the same team in Barcelona, and we're looking. Oh, geez, they're better than us. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, that's what you want. Because there's I mean? been a few this years be- of kind of turmoil, isn't there? I suppose after Michael think- Conlon and everything, and then and even in the professional game, Daniel Kinahan's fingerprints yeah. being on on yeah. God knows what. I mean, what, what kind of state is the the amateur game in now? Well, I think right, let's remember Brazil was kind of was the worst Olympics. Now. Yeah, I'm not being bad, you know, to any of the athletes and, and things like that, but it was you know run by wrong people, you know, and uh, we had a bad Olympic games that we didn't medal, you know, which I kind of. Find it kind of baffling. I went to my first Olympic Games in Seoul in 1988 and we didn't medal. You know? mm. We had six on the team and I felt six of the best that we ever nearly had you know, on that team in, in Seoul, Korea. And we didn't medal. You know? And they're talking about our worst Olympic Games. Because it can't be our worst Olympic Games because I'm sure there's other teams we had even more on the team and, and didn't medal. And that kind of annoys me, you know, that we're... we're Okay, we've kind of put ourselves on a pedestal as well that if we're going to win medals here, it's probably going to be three, four different sports. It's going to be probably, yeah. you know, yachting, you know, rowing, you know, boxing, you know, maybe swimming, you know. And and I was just a little bit grieved, with, you know, that because we didn't do well in Barcelona or in Brazil, yeah. people were putting us, knocking us down and giving us all this kind of crap. And... Um, and it was crap because it was literally, you know, we restored ourselves back then in London by yeah. obviously winning, Katie winning the Olympic gold and another four, three medals on top of that as well, you know. It was our biggest ever haul of medals. Going back, the next stage was 1956 where we won four medals in boxing, yeah. you know. And uh, Barcelona was good because we got a gold and we got a silver, but we got a gold and a silver in London and we got two bronze with it. So it was without question our, our finest, our finest uh, display, you know, but... Mm. It's like anything, when, once you have judges, you know, he sees red, the other fella sees blue, you know, and it's that type of sport, you know. I, I mentioned say, the involvement still with boxing and like the sort of family involvement yeah. uh, as well uh, with Carl, isn't it? Carl, my son, boxed for the world, yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, he's, uh, he had a couple of fights. Carl had a, you know, an awful stigma of who his father was, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and Carl kind of took up boxing at a late stage, you know, compared, I believe you should be in boxing between about six and seven years old, you know, and Carl didn't take it up till he was around 11 or 12, 13 even, you know. Okay. So, and of course, his father was Michael Carruth, you know, and we were at a boxing thing, he was boxing in Cork a few, year, uh, a few years ago, and this fella came on, who's this? I says, he's my son, and he, he asked, he asked Carl a question, he says, are you as good as your dad? And that's one question I hate, you know, and, yeah. he asked a man his name, and I said, where's he going with this? I said, Joe, what's your name? He said, and I think it was John, he says, John, can I ask you a question before I answer that question? Where the hell is he going with this? I yeah. said, you know. He says, yeah. Who was as good as my dad? He says. He's the only Olympic gold medalist, he says, at the time. Yeah. You know? And he goes, and you're asking a 12-year-old, am I as good as him? He says, <laughs> when I get to his age of 25, when he won it, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question. He nah, says, that's you know? a good, good and, I, and it was a great, and I thought he was a bit cheeky, but I let him away. Ah, with, I let him away with but it. again, Carl is, again, he, he He's in and out of boxing as well. He's in university now. He's yeah. he's doing his own thing. He boxed at the university cha- the, uh, championships two years ago. Got to this 
got to the final and got beaten by a, a guy over our own boxing club, believe it or not. <laughs> and it was an absolute toss up, you know, either yeah. either of them could have won it. So again, it's it's one of those things. Because the other involvement you have as well is with Cystic Fibrosis Ireland. Yeah. Uh, 65 Roses Day is coming around Friday the 8th of April. Um, how did you get involved? Again, you know, I knew people who had uh, kids with cystic fibrosis okay. and I had a, we done a thing prior to it, we done a, the 65 day, uh, challenge, you know, the 65 hours challenge and they said to me, what can you do for 65 minutes? And I said, I can fight for 65 minutes. And they said, what? And I said, going to be a little bit handicapped, I said. And they said, what regard? I said, I take somebody on for one minute and it's yeah. not a fight, it's more a spar. Yeah. We do it in the National Stadium, the home of boxing. I said, they get in for a minute with me. Next person comes, I get me a minute break. I go on and go on and go on. And when I done it, I said to myself, I'm never doing that again. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you got a few people who had a bit of it boxing about them and, and tried to test you, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. And that's the worst thing you they, can do they with me. Make sure they were at the tail end so, as well. Uh, and Kenny Egan got in there at the end as well. And, and, uh, and now Alan Brogan got in with me as well. He done nothing but run. You know what I mean? But uh, but with that, it was we raised a few quid for them. And Good. I said, it was a great time. So I said, I'm never doing that one again on my own 65. So I... I the next year, I brought in a little bit of help. I brought Kenneth Egan. Yeah. I brought in John John Nevin, Olympic silver medalist. Andy Lee, world champion. Paddy Barnes, Hoist Olympic. That, that's a bit of help, Olympic all right. Medalist. That's so, a bit of help, all and right. And you had a choice of fighting all five of us <laughs> or um, one or two of us or whatever yeah. way you wanted. There was different ways of doing it. And we raised a great amount of money for them Good. as well. But the, the best thing was... You know, doing the cycle. The cycle was a, a superb thing for me. This is the Mallant Mizzen cycle. Mallant Mizzen head, yeah. We done it in 2019, and um, it was one of one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life because you know I I can do boxing in my sleep. You know, I I was on a bike. The last time I was on a bike, I was about 16 years old, and I said, "Wait, what am I doing here?" So I got sponsored by the bike by the guys on the Longwell Road, and I got my bike, and then all of a sudden I started cycling, and then I met these. I uh, got hooked up with this group from uh, Minute and um, Austin being the, the main guy and he a gas, a gas guy called me ringing me called Austin and my late father's name was Austin and mm. he says are you alone are you cycling on your own or are you, got, are you in with a group and I said I'm on my own he said well, Michael you won't do it you have to be with a group and he was totally right Yeah. and we, we start training together every Saturday and Sunday we start cycling and in around Minute and in, out to Mead and everywhere else and, and I would never have done it you know the t- test because it is a it is a huge test. It's six hundred and forty kilometers from Mallinhead to Mizzenhead, and again, it, it was tough in stages where it, you know. But you put you just as the old cliche is, you put your head down, your arse up, and you yeah. just keep yeah. you keep going, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's, it's like me being a boxer. I, I never quit, you know, and I never quit the, on that bike, you know. What I mean, and we're hoping now that you know there's a, there's, there's going to be a cycle again. I think in in May again for cystic fibrosis. Good. We're asking people to. To get online, it's the 65roses.ie. To get on there and, and start, you know, you, you can buy the rose. You can know, Dunstars are helping out greatly as well with yeah. a lot of their uh, outlets uh, throughout the country, allowing us to uh, stand outside and sell the, the purple rose and do a place, you know, because I know. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world as well and people helping Ukraine as well, but let's let's not forget our own as well, you know, mm. particularly with COVID as well being over here in the last three years, how how what I'm saying is how scared they probably were people with cystic fibrosis yeah. because it is a long thing as well and your breeding can be um thwarted as well. So we're asking people to to, you know, get online, 
you know, buy a, even a digital rose, you yeah, know, and put it on your Instagram account or your, okay. your Facebook account, and or if you're thinking of doing something else for sixty five minutes or six point five minutes, or you know, go for a walk, go for a run, do something that you can you can you, you can raise money for cystic fibrosis. Uh, the website, Michael mentioned, sixty five roses, and it's the number sixty five, so sixty five roses ie. And you can do all of that there. You can purchase the Purple Roses as well in, in Dunn stores. You can do your own challenge, support someone else's challenge. You can do something. And uh, an all money raised, hugely appreciated by Cystic Fibrosis Ireland. Michael, an absolute pleasure. Thanks a million for coming in to us. Thanks for having me. Michael Carruth, Olympic champion. That's our lot for today's Hard Shoulder Off the Ball. As always, there up next, my thanks to the production team. I'll be back tomorrow from four. Have a good one, folks. 